0: Welcome to Gator Bites, the official business podcast of the Maryland Davies College of Business. I'm your host, Miguel Gomez, and before we begin, we'd like to ask you to follow us on our social media channels at Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, the platform formerly known as Twitter, actually now it's X, and on LinkedIn as well. Uh, today we have our guest, Mr. Cleo Franklin. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Miguel. I appreciate the opportunity to be in here and look forward to uh, Chopping it up with you on Gator Bites. Right on. Well, just to give our audience a little bit of background, you are part of our school community right here. Um, I'm currently an MBA student and yes. you're also a corporate fellow. And to just sort of give the audience a little bit of background, uh, we have a special program here in our MBA in which we have a corporate fellow that works alongside a uh, faculty professor that teaches the theoretical side, but the corporate fellow teaches the practical application. And I had a chance to take marketing management last semester, and you were my corporate fellow along with Professor Davis, uh, Dr. Davis. And, um, you know, you taught us a lot about what is it actually like to apply the... Uh, theory of marketing in real-world application, uh, especially during your time at Mahindra & Mahindra, one of the largest Indian uh, companies in the world as well as one of the largest tracker manufacturers in the world and yes. you served as CMO, Chief Marketing Officer. Yes, I did. Um, but, you know, um, in order to sort of get to know your story and how you broke down those barriers, I spent some time reading your book, Coffee with Cleaner. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yes. you, you just, you humbled me. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. I did, I did. And um, I think that that's the best place to start in terms of getting to know your story and, right. you know, how, how the doors were open to lead the pathway to you eventually becoming Chief Marketing Officer. And even now now today, founding your own foundation, yes. becoming a writer, and being able to share stories with the next generation. But so, uh, to begin, I'd like to go ahead and ask you, um, tell us about the importance of not quitting, and mm. how did not quitting in high school basketball lead the door to you becoming Chief Marketing Officer at Mahindra & Mahindra?
1: Miguel, I love the question. It's a, um, you know, a little bit about my background. I am a former student athlete, Mm -hmm. and it's not quitting story is in my book, Coffee with Cleo. Mm -hmm. I was a freshman high school basketball player. And the story I talked about is, I was frustrated at a a game once, and it was a game playing against some of my buddies, uh, Mm -hmm. and and they were there and didn't play as much as I wanted to. Mm. The Coach made a decision, and I was not happy with that decision. So after the game, I quit. I officially threw my uniform at him and said, I'm done. And Coach uh, Harvey Bross, who I owe a lot to, Mm -hmm. refused to let me quit. Mm -hmm. And the way that he engaged me that day changed my life because he said, Cleo, you're a good ball player. I know you're upset about today, but don't judge today on where you'll be tomorrow, and I'm not going to let you quit. Now, when you talk about, not quitting, I think it's important that we all know that challenges, hurdles come our way, that makes us very frustrated and we give up. Yeah. But in the story that I've told that sometimes you need someone who is not gonna let you quit. Hmm. And that's what I was blessed to have as Coach Harvey Bross, not let me quit. And I go into depth about the fact that you need to surround your pe- yourself with people who are like-minded like you that when it gets tough and you want to forego some things, it's always good to have someone that will always spur you on to make sure that you don't lose focus and don't quit. Because sometimes we do want to quit. I don't care who you are, what profession. But by not quitting, I ended up uh, becoming an uh, all-time leading scorer at Muscatine Community College and a uh, herald basketball player. I went to uh, Morningside University, a Hall of Fame athlete. Uh, Division II, uh, made all these accolades, and even uh, made a CBA team. But that being said, if I would have quit, I would have never been able to have an illustrious and decorative uh, basketball career. But if I didn't have someone like Harvey Bross, I don't think I'd have had the opportunity to be sitting here talking with you about being an adjunct professor, as a senior corporate fellow, or being a, an executive in the agricultural industry. But because of the fact that if sometimes if you want to quit, Have that network that's going to be there to support you, such that you do not quit
0: because we need that extra support. I think that's so important and just having someone to be able to tell you it's it may get hard sometimes but it's not the time to quit that's right and you have to sometimes get through the difficult parts to get to the sweet parts I think that's something that I feel is a common theme in your book it's it, 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 I spent the morning for the last two weeks going on the thread treadmill and actually reading your book as I was doing my workout so you know Thank when you. I got to the chapter don't quit I was like No, i got to keep running now. (laughs) You better keep running. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, But other than that, it it serves as a good reminder to understand that we're always going to have challenges throughout our lives. But it's important to have someone that tells us that, yes, we can persevere, we can overcome, and that this is not forever. This is only momentary, and today looks much different. Tomorrow looks much more different than today.
1: Absolutely. And, again, I know the common adage is don't quit. It's important that you tell yourself, but sometimes you need that additional support to have in with you along this tough journey that says, you know what? Just when you have that little bit of fear and doubt and uncertainty, they're telling you, no, don't quit as well. That way you double up on the fact that you're going to be committed to something
0: because you'll lose out on blessings when you quit. I agree. I agree. And I think that those blessings takes us into places where we may not see ourselves. Absolutely. And I think that leads into my next question. Mm Uh, Sometimes we face imposter syndrome. This Mm -hmm. is something that uh, a lot of us face as first generation college students. Yes. Um, And more often than not, we may be in rooms sometimes where we may be untraditional candidates or we may be individuals who don't necessarily fit the mold. Um, From your professional career, what are some stories where you faced situations like that, challenges, and uh, how did you overcome them? Well, many challenges. Um, I would say that during my
1: tenure, I worked for John Deere for 21 years and Case New Holland, I was Vice President of Sales and Operations for North America for two years. And again, from 2011 to 2019, a chief marketing officer. And of course, uh, I was a vice president of, uh, of, of course, all Latin America and Brazil as well as Mexico. But that being said, there were not a lot of, I can say, African-Americans in my industry with that type of p responsibility, but also uh, business responsibility at a level where you had good accountability and responsibility, not just for the business, but the people that work for you as well. Mm-hmm. So let's get to it. When you talk about imposter syndrome, I never felt like I didn't belong, uh, irrespective or irregardless of the fact that there were not people who looked like me. But what I do want to tell you is that there were people that felt that I didn't belong, Mm -hmm. okay? It wasn't whether or not I felt I didn't belong. I'm a very confident person, but those people, the naysayers, the people that really wanted to, I want to say sow seditious seeds of doubt Mm -hmm. or judge you on lessening your character, your performance, you know, I realized that from the beginning I had to perform and to be consistent and not have and really operate with a very lower margin of error. Mm. Now, that may be yeah. unrealistic, but that was the case. And so I was in the business of proving people wrong, mm. okay? Now, if they felt I didn't belong, i made sure I would prove them wrong. And one of the things that helped me overcome some of those challenges is that I'm the type of guy that if you're gonna ask me for one X return, I'm gonna give you four and five. Mm. I'm going to give you 4 and 5 i am going to overprepare. I'm going to basically over plan and not show that I understand my business but have command of my business so that when it comes to performance, there's no doubt of my capability and ability because you you cannot fake performance. And so throughout my career, there were times where I'll tell you, uh, for example, I'm working at Case New Holland. Many dealers came up to me and said, hey, you know what? I've never seen an African-American in agriculture. And what I did was use that as an opportunity to educate and inform them. Well let me tell you something. Let me tell you about my family's history. Mm. Let me tell you about some of the uh, history of black uh, African-American farmers. Let me tell you about farmers across the globe who are not just Caucasian, but many people of many different cultures and races farm. And so as not being offended by that comment, I would take it as an opportunity to educate and inform and also showcase some of my own personal experiences, of course, through my mother's and father's legacy, because both grew up in rural America and, and small farms as well. So uh, as I end you know, your question, you talk about the fact of imposter syndrome. I think it's important that it's not whether or not you belong, it's whether or not you're going to stay where you are. And if you're going to stay where you're going to be working at or performing, I think that you really need to take command of that and own it and outperform and outpace anyone so that when it comes time to whether or not they question you your performance is never questioned wow. and that's always served me
0: well And I, I think that that really speaks back to both of your experiences growing up with your father but also uh, whenever you were in your athletic career in basketball um, it takes a lot of dedication and perseverance to be able to prepare and be ready for that moment and once you're given that moment you have to be ready to execute by being able to show the naysayers that you can do it, that you're capable And um, going back to your family, I believe it was Keaton County, Arkansas, correct? That's that's correct, Keaton County, Arkansas, Keaton County Township, yes. So Mm -hmm. it started there, Right. uh, but eventually your stories, your family's story leads to you working internationally. And I think that that's so fascinating. Many of us look beyond the borders to, dream of a career internationally but you actually went out there and achieved it. Um, if you had to give out any advice uh, or just some perspective, whenever you worked for um, one of the largest tractor manufacturers in the world, Mahindra Mahindra, yes. um, it was not only an international company but you worked at a major Indian conglomerate and right. that had an international presence. Um, could, did you ever face culture shock whenever you were abroad? Or, and Did you did you broaden your horizons whenever right. you were abroad? You know, one of the things
1: that I talk about in my book, and I think it's just the way that I'm, um, I'm wired, I'm very curious. Uh, I, I'm a curious, long-time student learner. Mm-hmm. I, I love learning. I love embracing things that are different. I'm a variety seeker. Mm-hmm. And diversity is, is really uh, understanding uh, things that are unlike me. It doesn't mean that they're better or worse. It just means they're different, and that's something that I, I gravitate to like I'm off to a flame. Mm-hmm. Uh, working for Mahindra, which of course is is Indian owned, but yet and still very global. Over a hundred companies in a hundred countries, mm. uh, working for uh, Case New Holland at the time that was owned by Fiat in Italy, uh, an Italian owned company, but very global company. John Deere, uh, working there, a U.S. owned company, but very global. All these companies were global, but my travels across the world helped me understand this. It's not where you are is what you understand and bring to where you're going. Mm. And what that did for me is this, before I went and worked or spoke or ran a business uh, across the country, whether or not it was in Brazil or in Australia or Japan, I did my best to truly understand the intricacies of the culture. And that's from people that actually worked there. That's from people that made mistakes, people that had successes, and also looking at some best practices across other businesses that always served me well, mm-hmm. because taking those experiences, but also taking a perspective with an open mind to embrace the differences, because I think every culture has something that they can teach you. Mm-hmm. The industrialness, uh, the embracing of uh, entrepreneurship uh, at Mahindra, I think was unparalleled. Uh, very different in Case New Holland, very based on performance, and very little margin of error. John Deere, very strategic company, very process oriented. Uh, doesn't move very slow. I mean, very mo- doesn't move very fast, but very strategic in the investments that they're going to make from a conservative approach. Mm-hmm. All very different. All from different companies that they're own. All global, but the learnings based on the strategic intent and purpose of the company and where the company was at this stage taught me different things. That there's not a one size fit all approach. But if you're going to work for a company. You need to understand the cultural aspects of it, the intricacies, the differences that the company basically has to offer, and embrace it and learn from it.
0: That leads us into our next question. Um, with that experience internationally and being able to understand how there are different uh, ways that people work and there are different processes in terms of being able to get something done, um, a common theme throughout your story is the ability to execute yes. and just get things done. Right. Um, I think that that goes back to one thing that really struck out to me whenever I was reading your book. Um, one thing that your father taught you that you mentioned in the stories is you can judge a lot about a person by their do-say ratio. That's right, and I think that right now we're coming into an inflection point where there's a new generation of professionals entering to the workplace, Gen Z, and more often than not, one of the things that has been observed uh, from more of a qualitative is that they they struggle with sometimes not being able to get things done. Um, and now that just may be qualitative, but how would you go about showing and giving some tips to the next generation to show the naysayers that they can actually execute and they can actually get things done?
1: Yeah, I, I, one of the things that I love about Gen Zs, Millennials, of course, Gen, uh, Gen Xers, and, and, and of course, a baby boomer with myself, is that we're all very different. We take different approaches. And the advice that I would give is, is understanding that different is not necessarily good or bad. It's just different. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer in the fact that taking one's own strengths and understanding what you love, what you're good at, the things that basically get you up in the morning, I think it's important to embrace that first, but to make sure that you apply those in all the things that you do, both professionally and personally. So what do I mean by that? If I'm a person that loves to quote-unquote, uh, build relationships and very strategic and trying to collaborate and getting things done, mm-hmm. then that's a strength of mine that I need to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I would impress upon everyone to understand those types of aspects that are intricate to them to build upon those strengths. And so there's no substitute for a GSD, and that's getting stuff done. People love people that do what they say, that have very little margin in what they're going to say and do, but they're 100% that way because it builds trust. And it also is someone that you can count and depend on. So I don't care who you are. The people that perform are the people that are going to really win the day. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to make a mistake. That doesn't mean that some people may outperform you. But I would just share this. Look for those people and model the behavior that you feel are the ones that can get things done. Hmm. And when you do that, you'll learn something. And maybe there's a takeaway or two that you'll be able to basically take into your own process and how you do business. But there's no substitute
0: for not getting things done. It sounds so straightforward, but sometimes we just struggle with that as young professionals who may be just used to saying yes to every request, but mm. you have to just be very strategic about saying yes to everything left and right um.
1: no i I agree
0: with you i think I think it's it's not what you say yes to is
1: what you really I need to understand what you say no to mm. and you're you're absolutely right. finding that balance for me uh, and I would share with anyone is really understanding the things that matter to you. And what matters to you is where you're gonna invest your time, Mm -hmm. your talents, and your treasures. And when you know what matters to you, then the things that don't matter become a second priority. In fact, they're not a priority. It becomes secondary to the things that are really going to be important to you. And so those are some of the things that I would say would guide anyone, and has guided me in my life The fact that what matters is what i'm going to always focus on and sometimes it allows me to use a construct to say no because Mm -hmm. the things i say no to really do not matter to me matter to me the
0: things that matter to me such as my family my health and my faith wow it sounds like you have your priorities in order and um it sounds like you've learned a lot of lessons throughout your professional career and through your upbringing and i think that that leads us into our next question Um, You have the Franklin Leadership Foundation. You tell us more about your organization's mission, and how does it complement with your writing? That's a
1: great question. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, The Franklin Leadership Foundation uh, has been around since 2018. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a foundation that I have in partnership with Morningside University. And the goal is to do one thing. That's create future leaders today. Mm -hmm. And that's by investing in talent, and that is the next generation of leaders by providing them internships, scholarships, externships, access to the experts within my network, in and out, to come in, to speak, to offer professional and personal guidance. And matter of fact, about a couple of weeks ago, we just had a, our fourth leadership summit where we brought in three different experts to speak to the students at Morningside University and this is people uh, we do this as well as live stream so you if you're not in that area you have access to these people but I think it's important that you take the opportunity to share insights from the people that have been there, have done it that are willing to share that information that hopefully it transfers and translates Uh, to those that are trying to get to where you are. It's no different than we just spoke about the corporate fellow partnership with the professor partnership. You have theory and you have application. When you have both, it works best because theory is not enough. And so the Franklin Leadership Foundation is just about investing in students and making sure that they get those lessons that are not taught in a textbook, that they hear from people, the real talk and the things that matter, that are gonna help them move the needle in their business and maybe inspire them to do things that
0: you and I are doing today you know real talk is all about just being able to walk the walk and talk the talk that's right and I think that that just goes in line with a lot of what you've told me this whole conversation and at the same time what you hope to be able to inspire the next generation of leaders through the Franklin Leadership Foundation Uh, now I want to just go ahead and touch on the last topic okay you have a new book (laughs) yes I do you have a new book uh, conversations with Cleo, is that yes, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, what are some inspirational themes that we should be expecting and when, when is this book dropping? Well the book is, is ready today. Uh, you can go to
1: www.coffeewithcleo.com, uh, coffeewithcleo.com and order the book. Mm-hmm. And that book is it's my fourth book mm-hmm. and I'm very excited about it. The themes around that book is try to provide meaningful impactful lessons and experiences, not just through my life, but I have five other collaborators that have written stories and essays in this book mm-hmm. that will give people a chance to think, to learn, and to truly go out and to apply in their own life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the things that I think is important that I'm not about, you know, the management by meandering. Yeah. You want to have people want to have significant, purposeful, meaningful lives. And also a construct to be able to apply today. And so if you're looking for that, I think the books that I write, and especially Conversations with Cleo, provides a little bit of that. Uh, it provides that it's not just your leadership book that has the 50-cent words in it. It has the million-dollar experiences that anyone can read, understand, and apply what lessons that I say today and not have to wait tomorrow from those that have really been through it those that have failed, those that have learned, and those that have experienced success. So it's a book full of real talk of of experiences,
0: and I hope that people will enjoy it. conversations with Cleo. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, and thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today. Well, thanks so much, Miguel. I really appreciate it. Right on. Well, uh, I've been your host, Miguel Gomez. This has been Gator Bites, the official business podcast of the Maryland Davies College of Business. Uh, remember to follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, X, the, formerly, uh, the platform formerly known as Twitter, and on LinkedIn as well. Uh, remember to take a bite out of business, and we'll see you all later, Gators.